Hey friends, happy summer. Welcome to the Daily Hope. We are in 1 Chronicles chapter 7, which is the seventh day in a row of genealogies. So thanks for still tuning in. This is probably the most challenging piece of scripture I've been asked to share on because I didn't just have to ask myself the question, why are genealogies in the word of God? But why are they important to this book? And then what in chapter seven is significant? Why are we listing all of these names? Um, and so many people before me in the past six days have done such a great job of talking about this greater story that we're a part of. Um, what I found out when I looked into this was that Chronicles was written post-exile, which is very different from First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings. Um, the, these books that we're going to be in are going to sound repetitious, but the truth is they were written in very intentionally. And at a time when God's people were coming back from exile, they were returning to Jerusalem and the hope was to be able to rebuild their land and the temple. They had spent many, many years um, in a strange and foreign land that was luring them and tempting them to be absorbed into its likeness and its image. But God's people were called out way, way, way back in these genealogies um, through Abraham to be a distinct people set apart for God. And so the author of this book, the chronicler, is trying to um, remind God's people of where they came from, who they are, their purpose and where they're headed. Now, chapter seven is covers a lot of the tribes of Israel. So there's six of them in here, two more of them, uh, Dan and Zebulun aren't included in these genealogies or in the genealogies anywhere that we can know of for sure. Um, and so most of these are the Northern tribes. Remember in the book of Kings, there was a separation between Israel, the Northern tribes and the Southern tribes. So many of these tribes were the first to be um, taken into exile. And exile was this time where um, the Assyrians, the Babylonians came in and took the strongest and most brilliant and most prosperous people of Israel and took them away, leaving just the weakest and the poorest in the land. And that left their land to all sorts of um, dominion and, and rulership by the most, the powerful people that would come in and get what they want, run things the way they wanted. And so they came back to a land that was very different than the one they left. But these tribes in here um, are, talks about Issachar and Benjamin, but specifically about the military men in their family. They were mighty warriors. And then it goes on to talk about the descendants of Naphtali and Manasseh and Ephraim and Asher um, and the heads of their home. The, these, these families that were fruitful and growing and prosperous, um, but also had walked through really difficult generations. We know that these tribes originated from Jacob and Jacob himself, before he had these 12 sons, he was deceitful. He had stolen his birthright. He had been dishonest. And then inevitably he wrestles with God and God renames him Israel. One who wrestles with God or one who rules with God. And that is where these tribes come from, these 12 sons. You and I know also we've been in this Bible for a year and a half now. We know that they have a sordid past, a divisive past. The, the story of Joseph, these brothers had a lot of animosity and division among them. And God's people walked through so much in Egypt and slavery, wandering in the desert, waiting there to go into the promised land, then getting in the promised land and entering into battles. Um, and then uh, there were 
these these brief moments of unity under under David, under Solomon, and some kings who did okay. Um, but for God's people coming back from a time of exile, it would have been hard for them to believe that they were still the people of God and that he was still their covenant God. Um, that is a, a temptation for you and I. When we go through things that change the landscape of our lives, like the last year and a half has, we've been exposed to a lot of familiar places again, masks are coming off, things seem to be ramping up, but we go back to these familiar places and they feel so different because of the things that we've walked through. And we can feel like failures because of some of the things that we've allowed into our lives in this last couple of years. We can feel like we, um, we don't belong like we're not quite sure who we are, where we came from or where we're going. But today, just as the chronicler wanted to encourage um, these tribes, these people of God, that um, they were still his people, he wants us to remember that too. So I wanna finish with Romans chapter eight because I want us to remember that nothing can separate us from the love of God. You know, God had spoken a promise to David that there would be an eternal kingdom, that there would be a coming Messiah. And the chronicler is going to lead the people of this time to that place in this book so that they remember that they have a hope and a future in this Messiah. And you and I have a hope and a future in this Messiah. Even as things come and go and we walk through division and trials and suffering and a world that wants to absorb us into it, we are still the people of God. Romans 8.35 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, For your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. But no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Remember the God who strengthens you. Remember the God who called you out to be distinct and to be separate. We are still the people of God and he is never going to leave us. Nothing is gonna separate us from his love. So we can step into where we're going, knowing where we came from and who we are because he is our great hope. Live today knowing that nothing is gonna separate you from God's love and his promises.